0: الحمد لله الحمد لله العزيز الاكبر لا راد لما قضاه ولا دافع لما قدر واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريفه واشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى الى كافه الناس بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with so many different types of gifts, blessings, bounties, in we call them in Arabic. So many different ways we need to thank Allah to give gratitude, to show gratitude. To show our shukr that we are indebted to him and to his favors without his favors upon us we would not exist the prophet said every morning when the son of adam wakes up it is mandatory for him to give thanks for every limb of the body that is safe and sound, for every limb, for every organ. This is what our prophet says. Obviously, in the, in the context of thanks giving, it's a compound word. Thanks and giving. Two words made into one, which results in a turkey. But if you study and really understand and appreciate the etymology of the word, you will see that Islam's imperative to encourage people to do thanksgiving is far more superior than actually having Turkey, which is okay. One component, the first one is thanks, gratitude, shukr. And to this I just quoted you the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that every morning it is necessary that when the son of Adam wakes up, he gives shukr. He gives thanks to every limb of the body that is safe and sound. And the more you think about this, the more you realize that how much we take Allah for granted. And how little we give thanks. How little we show our shukr. Every limb, alhamdulillah. We are safe and sound every morning. As you read the dua when you wake up. Alhamdulillah. All praise is due to the one. Allah. Who has raised us from the dead. That in the state of sleep. It is likened to death. We are not in control. But then we are revived every morning when we wake up. And more than that when we wake up our bodies are safe and sound they intact we can function we take our eyes for granted we take our ears for granted we take our minds for granted we take every ear, limb and organ of the body for granted that when we wake up the prophet said give thanks show your shukur for every limb the sahaba the greatest students of all time. The Prophet Sallallahu is the best human being, the best Nabi, the best Rasul of all time and the Sahaba are the best students of all time. Their understanding is impeccable and their insight is so deep and profound So they're not concerned about the whole idea of giving thanks. That's a no-brainer for them. They are worried about how to fulfill this obligation of giving thanks. Their concern is Ya Rasulullah, how does one of us give thanks for all the 300 odd limbs and organs that are intact every morning. This seems to be a huge task that we have to give sadaqa. We have to give charity for each lip. That's what they're concerned about. They're not concerned about rationalizing what the Prophet says. They're not concerned about questioning what the Prophet said. Today, when there's a hadith and we don't understand it, we question the validity of the hadith. Some of us being smarter than others who want to know whether it's Hadith Sahih or Hadith Da'if. As if we're magicians of the Hadith discipline. All of a sudden now we have acquired the ability to say this is Hadith Da'if and this is Hadith Sahih without even studying the subject. It takes 9-10 years before you can actually mention utter the word Hadith Sahih or Da'if if you're a graduate from a proper school. Our concern is very different from the concern of the Sahaba. The Sahaba is saying, if this is what Allah wants, He wants us to give sadaqah and show our gratitude for our health and well-being every morning, then how do we do it? They don't ask why. They say, how do we do it? So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as he is the master motivator, ingenious in his ability to show people how to please Allah, he says it's very simple. You say, one subhanAllah, that is a sadaqah. That is a charity. SubhanAllah. That the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made it so easy to fulfill. This obligation that we have on us. He didn't say you have to give one dollar for each limb. It should be more, more than one dollar. How much does one organ cost nowadays? You guys probably know much more than I do. But the Prophet Sallallahu made it easy. He said all you have to do is say one subhanallah. That is one sadaqah. And today people ask, what's the benefit of SubhanAllah, SubhanAllah, what's the point of dhikr? My brothers and sisters, you don't need to be a Sufi to do the dhikr of Allah. You have to be a Muslim to do the dhikr of Allah. After Salatul Jum'ah is finished, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِذَا قُضِيَتِ الصَّلَاتُ فَانْتَشِرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَابْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضِلَهِ وَاذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا That you go out and seek Allah's فَضَل after Salatul Jum'ah is finished and then mention Allah, make the zikr of Allah plenty. This is after Salat. So we have to be careful how we phrase our remarks and comments about Islam because some of them, God forbid, may lead to us leaving the fold. Not every joke about Islam is valid. Some jokes are horrible in the sense that they make you a non-Muslim. It's good to giggle and laugh, it's not good to mock the deen of Allah. That is atrocious. So the idea that one subhanAllah does so much, it fulfills the obligation of one limb. That you're giving gratitude to Allah for keeping this limb and organ intact, safe and sound. And that's why you say subhanAllah throughout the day. Alhamdulillah, throughout the day. Allahu Akbar, throughout the day. La ilaha illallah, throughout the day you make zikr plenty. As a Muslim, As an order from Allah in the Quran, in the Sunnah to make the dhikr of Allah. So this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to show our gratitude. Praising Allah comes back to us. Saying subhanallah is praising Allah. Saying alhamdulillah Allahu akbar is praising Allah. When we praise Allah the Divine, the Almighty, the benefit of that zikr comes back to us. Allah doesn't need our zikr. Allah doesn't need anything from us. But we need Him. And when we love someone, we mention them all the time. If you love your parents, If you love your spouse, if you love your children, if you have a friend that you like and love, then you're going to mention them frequently. Mentioning someone is a sign that you like the person. And the more you mention is a sign that you love the person. Mentioning Allah's name through the tongue shows that you love Allah. The first step, this is how we give thanks in the whole scheme of thanksgiving we give thanks to allah for being for being safe and sound for our families to be intact for our wealth to be intact for everything in life to be intact we give thanks to allah every day through our dhikr, through our ibadah and through sadaqah and through charity this is the norm of a muslim's daily routine. In his daily routine, he must incorporate the zikr of Allah. The other way obviously, is to fulfill the other obligations that Allah wants us to fulfill. Salat, Zakat, hajj, everything else that we do as Muslims are, civilizational values, and everything else. As far as giving, the second part of the word, giving is enormous not only is it a religious obligation duty it is a civilizational value of Muslims and Muslims are known to be the community on earth that gives it's in our DNA this is who we are what we are why because our prophet Muhammad was the most giving of all human beings ever no one can match his Altruism, his philanthropy, his giving. the Sahaba took on the color of his giving, and it seeped into the Ummah as a civilizational value. Muslims are known as people who give, usually. Their hospitality is proverbial, that we are so hospitable. That we take care of our guests. So in early Islam, when the Prophet ﷺ came into Medina, and you must understand the, the, the background here. The background to Medina is not that the Prophet ﷺ came and uh, he lived like a king. He had a palace. He had couches. He had carpets. He had food five times a day. Far from it. Very far from it. Most of the Sahaba were poor. You must appreciate this. Most of the Sahaba, when the Prophet came into Medina, were poor. They did not have their daily ration of food. They would eat once a day. They were farmers, the Ansar. The Muhajirun who were from the Quraysh, they came with nothing. They left everything in Makkah. There was nothing there. So, we appreciate that in those first few years, Muslims were going through very painful difficulty of life. Very painful, very difficult. The Prophet ﷺ himself would not eat. Maybe once a day, sometimes once every two days. Aisha says that there were times when the moon would be sighted and there would be no fire in the kitchen of the prophet sallallahu alaihi a whole month there was no food cooked. Uh, this is our Nabi. We say follow the Qur'an and Sunnah. We make waves and say follow the Qur'an and Sunnah. Follow the Sirah, okay let's do it. At least give a thought to that culture that the Sahaba initially in Medina, they had such a difficult time living. Never mind fighting, just living on a daily basis. Very few people had enough money to cook food every day. But what did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say to all the Sahaba, once he entered Medina, knowing that the community doesn't have food. Never mind money, they didn't have food. What was his prescription for the development of the community? In in Siyasa, and politics, and let's govern, and let's change the world. Let's start from scratch. Start from the bottom up. I, as if he's saying, I understand that you don't have food. I understand you're poor. I understand it's going to be difficult for you. Because I'm doing what you're doing. I'm in the same difficulty. I'm human. I also get hungry. And I also don't have food in my house. So when he came into Medina, the first prescription he gave to the Sahaba was at'imu taam. feed people food, and that would make sense to us, living in luxury, that you tell us, let's feed people food, and feed all the hungry people in Chicago, feed all the homeless people in Chicago, feed everybody who is in need in this country, and there are millions of them. Right in our backyard, you go down Roosevelt Road, five miles down there, downtown, you go south, two miles, you'll see a whole community of human beings who don't have food on a daily basis. This is here in the USA. And we talk about Thanksgiving. Where's the sugar? So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi as he came into Medina, the first order He gave to the Sahaba who had no food. Was ataymutam? Feed people food. Subhan. How does one do that when you don't have food? Something to think about. He was developing the mindset. He was developing the psyche that the mindset and the psyche of a muslim is about giving not taking muslims live to give they don't live to take al yadul ulya khayrun min al the prophet Asim said this constantly in the beginning in the middle in the end That the upper hand, the giving hand, is better than the lower hand, the receiving hand. Our civilization has always been known as the giving hand. Until we emigrated from our countries came here. Now we are known as the taking hand. We take, you take, you take, you consume. And there's no giving. Except perhaps the gut except perhaps some donation and fundraiser, except perhaps you put 5, 10, 15, 20 dollars in the box after you leave the masjid. Where's the giving? It is our responsibility as Muslims and it should be our honor. More than responsibility, it should be our pride, our honor that we feed people. Not give them money, feed people, actually feed people. Take the food to the people who need the food. And this is just not on Thanksgiving, my dear brothers and sisters. It is every day of the year. There are organizations that do this. But you should have your own local organization from every masjid where you have a scheme and a plan where you go out and deliver the food to people who need food. And I don't care whether they're Muslim or non-Muslim. It's our honor. More than our duty, this is who you are. This is what the Prophet ﷺ inculcated, developed within the Sahaba at a time when they did not have food. He said, give food. What does that do to a community? And what does that do to this great society and civilization that is built by the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. May Allah guide us all and give us no feel. salatu <laughs> salamu ala In the context of giving, there's another word in English which is forgiving. 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 Forgiving, forgiving is also the trait of a Muslim that you forgive. And you move on. Harbouring enmity, animosity, holding grudges for weeks and months and decades, and perhaps centuries, is not the way of a human being. That's not what civilized people do. So if you do have a grudge, if you are angry, if there is enmity, animosity between you and your spouse, you and your siblings, you and your parents, you and your friends, you and anybody else in the world, then the essence of giving is forgiving. You forgive for the sake of Allah, because Allah on the day of judgment will forgive you. And that, my dear brothers and sisters, is priceless. You can't buy that with any status. With any education, with any amount of money, with anything, you cannot buy Allah's forgiveness. Except one way, and that is you forgive. May Allah help us all.